powerful what's going on tonight already. Um, no? Okay. Well, we've had technical difficulties tonight, so I had a PowerPoint for you that is not going to be up there. Um, no worries. I just, I don't think Jesus was uh, waylaid by the lack of PowerPoint, so I think, I think we're good. going on was really real and powerful and um, Nancy your, your word and other words I think just gave credence to that God was God is doing something and and awakening something remember last week with uh, for those of you who were here to hear Lance Walnow um, an incredible message from Lance but but he was talking about the shaking that's going on in the earth and he was saying hey look at when you see that shaking you need a different interpretation rather than the oh no uh, woe is us interpretation that's not a good one for you as believers instead just understand that the glory is coming from heaven to earth and and the reason why the heavens it's not heaven that's shaking God has an unshakable kingdom it's the heavens small h it's the it's the second heavens it's it's the enemy in a rage because his kingdoms his kingdom is falling apart and uh, and so when you see the shaking rather than rather than thinking you know oh no we're, we're doomed no, heaven is closer than ever before, which means healing, more healings. I know most of you in this room, if you've been here for very long, you've, you've gone after these things with us, meaning um, that, that God has promised us his kingdom, which includes things like healing. And we've gone after those things, and we've seen amazing miracles here. But how many of you know we haven't seen everything we're looking for yet, right? There's, there's the already and the not yet of the kingdom. Well, guess what? The kingdom is coming and coming and coming in, in more and more measure. And tonight, I really do believe, I, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, excited to hear the testimonies of what's going to come out, even of those of you who are standing up here, because something big was going on. Um, Holy Spirit, we honor you. that we were not left as orphans. He said, I'm not leaving you alone. I'm, I'm sending a counselor. I'm sending a helper. He's amazing. He's brilliant. He's going to bring you. He's going to bring all of heaven to you. So thank you, Holy Spirit. We do honor you. We thank you for orchestrating all of what you've orchestrated just here tonight in our midst. Thank you for what you're going to do right now. So I want to ask this question. My, my message tonight is, what do you see? What do you see? And I want to talk about also entering into the rest. And I will tell you, the two of those things have a lot to do with each other. Entering into God's rest has everything in the world to do with how you perceive what you see when you're looking at the things you're looking at, when you're looking at life circumstances around you. What are you seeing? God has, God has had me kind of on a theme these last couple weeks, especially addressing, or, or may I say, knocking the wind out of the sail of fear, uh, trying to d deal a death blow to fear, because, because I've seen it. One of the reasons why I keep talking about it is because I see it rising up lately in the body of Christ more than ever, and there's no place for it in the body of Christ. There isn't. But, we, but, but we've got to address it because... Um, because God's the, one, God's the one that says over and over and over again in Scripture, do not be afraid. 
Jesus saying about the Father who says to us, Jesus said, fear not, little flock, for it has pleased my Father to give you his kingdom. Fear not. Do not be afraid. So let's deal with it head on. I want to look at uh, Numbers 13 and 14. Now, this is not Sesame Street. The Numbers 13 and 14. <laughs> That's just my humor. That's not on my notes at all. That's just... Why do those things pop in my head? I don't know. Numbers 13 and 14 is the story of Moses and the Israelites who are really close to the promised land. And then God says to Moses, I'm going to read from uh, verse 1. I'm, re I'm not going to read this whole story. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase parts of it for you. Every once in a while, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to... Read, read a verse or two though so Yahweh spoke to Moses and he said I want you to send out men one from each tribe to explore or to spy out the land of Canaan which I am giving to the Israelites okay understand God didn't say he didn't say you know what um, I'd like you to send some people out because I want you to see whether you think it's a good idea for us to go and take that land. You, you come back and tell me if I have a good plan or not. No, he said, I want you to go explore the land that I'm giving you. Now here's, I just today, I just today um, got something that I hadn't really seen before. Um, why, why did God send spies out? Why didn't he just say go into the land? ever thought about that? I mean, I can't say that I ever really did before before uh, today or earlier today when this came up. Why did God send spies out? Um, I, I have, I have a, a uh, suggestion. Um, here's the thing. Our agreement with God about where we are going regardless or sometimes in spite of what things look like has a huge role in getting us there. I'm going to say that, I'm going to try to say that again. I'll say it in different words. Our agreement with God, God's taken us places. Remember last week Lance said, "Look where your face is in the future." Remember that? So God's saying to the Israelites, look, I got a place for you. I just want you to go look and see yourselves there. If you will see yourselves there, you're as good as there. But unfortunately, they did not come back with that. They came back with, oh, we can't do this. That they're giants in that land. We're like grasshoppers. They're going to squash us. God wasn't asking for their opinion. All he was saying is, can you see where I'm taking you? See, this, God's taking us places. Every person in this room, you've got a destiny. He's taking you places. But you're also, every single one of you wants to still go places you are not yet. Isn't that true? You're like, there's got to be more. Lord, where are you taking me? He will give you glimpses into the future. He wants you to see glimpses of your future because he wants you to agree with him. Agreement makes all the difference in the world. It, it is actually the, the, the thing that it's... Faith is that currency of heaven, right? Faith is the way things happen in the kingdom. God says, I need you to agree with me. 
So I'm going to give you a picture. I want you to see something. I need your agreement because that's how we're going to get there. I don't know if this is making sense yet, but, but God does this over and over again. So you got 12 people that go to spy out the land. They all see the same thing in the natural, don't they? They're all hanging out together. They all go see what's going on in the land. They, you know, grab a bunch of grapes and bring them back and all that stuff. Ten of them gave a bad report. And two of them, Joshua and Caleb, come back and say, we got to take the land, right? So ten of them saw giants in the land. And two of them saw how big their God was. Ten of them saw obstacles in their way. We, we can't overcome this, this vast army. They're big. They're huge. Two of them saw God's promise, and they were charged up about how God was going to do it. See, our problem is we keep getting into our heads about how we're going to accomplish everything. God says, that isn't what I asked you to do. All I ask you to do is agree with me of what I'm going to do. Every time you feel up over your head, like, I don't know how this is going to happen, great. I, I want to encourage you, stop trying to work it out all out in your mind. That's, it's going to drive you crazy. It's going to keep you up late at night. We're going to see what it did to the people. It does really bad things. Instead, just say, wow, God, that's amazing. I don't know how I'm going to get there. How are you going to do it? How are you going to do that? See, now that's a great question to ask. And it's okay if you want to ponder that with him, but if he doesn't give you the answers right away, you don't have to stay up all night figuring it out. But it's still a really good dialogue to have. Wow, God, that's, that's an amazing thing you have planned. How are you going to work that out? Ten people, those ten that came back with a bad report, they operated in fear of the apparent overwhelming odds do you know that God's not into odds at all <laughs> two of them operated in the certainty of knowing their God now um, this is where okay you want odds here's God's odds God says I'm 100% certain that everything I say is going to happen will happen Everything I want to accomplish, it's going to happen. See, that's his odds. Another way of saying it is there is no chance in the kingdom. You know, chance just isn't part of the kingdom at all. Ooh. But here's an amazing thing. Um, those bad reports, we, we have choices. We have choices all the time. I bet you every one of you several times this week, you had options as to what you were going to believe about certain certain circumstances that started popping up. Certain things that didn't seem like they were going your way. Certain things that you thought God said and all of a sudden, oops, that doesn't seem to fit. Then suddenly we have a dilemma, don't we? Are we going to listen to the, the oh no's, um, the wait, you know, wait a minute, um, or are we going to turn back and say, okay, God, um, let's just do a recheck here. Um, last I knew, you were on the throne. Last I knew, you were the king of all kings. Last I knew, you were the one that melts the hearts of kings. Last I knew, uh, Jesus has, has taken care of everything. 
Last I knew, Father says, don't be afraid because I've given you my kingdom. So you start to do this heart check, and you say, wait a minute. I think I'm going to choose to look at God and believe what he says, not make my own uh, mind up about these circumstances and how I think they're going to play out. Um, my notes out of order I'm like something's missing here before I go on I want to I want to tell you I had a chance this week to practice this like you I get all kinds of opportunities to practice these things it, I don't just preach about it I get to actually live it out so last uh, two weeks ago I told you about a building and I told you some exciting news. I told you that uh, 2.2 million was what the building was being sold for, and suddenly, uh, before we could even make an offer, it dropped to 1 million, which is great news. Uh, but a couple days ago, I found out that that was a, a bogus um, internet thing that came up, and that had kind of fooled a bunch of us uh, for for a while, for a few days. So. So I get a call from our broker that says, I got some really bad news for you. Uh, unfortunately, that's not the case. Um, so first thing I do is I'm thinking, bummer. Bummer. And I just told everybody, too, you know, and we were all really excited about this. I'm thinking this is, this is part of that miracle. Um, I had to work through it, just so you know. I had to process it. First thing I, I first thing I said is I, I gotta get away. I gotta go hang out with the Lord because I can get bummed too. See, it doesn't take a lot. Uh, some, well, this is a lot. One point two million. I think it's a lot, but it, it doesn't have to take a lot for us to start to get off track and to get bummed and to um, forget how good God is and to begin getting right back into that mindset of oh dang, oh crud, what am I gonna do? See, that's the wrong question. What am I going to do is totally the wrong question. Um, so I got, I got away with the Lord, and, and he began to, to uh, minister to my heart. Now, here's the amazing thing. God is so good. You know that he sets things up for you before you even need them? Uh, this message, this doesn't happen very often, but this message, um, I'm, I'm, this is honestly truly boasting in the Lord because, because that's what happened. It was, it was, I don't know, Monday or Tuesday. I was hanging out with the Lord, and suddenly I got this amazing download, and it was as fast as I could write it down, type it down, you know, and I got this whole thing, the bulk of it, in 15 minutes, and it was brilliant. I mean, I know that sounds like self-serving, but it's not at all, because it's, it's Holy Spirit. It was just really good. Now, here's the amazing thing. I, I got this before I got that message about, about the, uh, the money about the, uh, the bogus uh, internet thing. Do you know how many times I preached to myself this week? I cannot tell you how many times I, I went over this message and each time God was just bringing it deeper and deeper and deeper. Son, what are you going to do? Who, whose report are you going to believe? What are you looking at? Whether it's 1 million, 10 million, or 100 million, it's got to be me, doesn't it? Sometimes the problem is is sometimes we get, like, if we think a million, oh, I can do that. See, that's a problem. 
that's actually a problem. Oh, God, it's getting down to a place where I think we can handle it. He goes, oh, that's a problem. Because I want to do miracles. I want to do things you can't handle. <laughs> Is, <laughs> isn't he in the miracle business? I, it's so funny. It's like, oh, you know, we just, God, would just whittle it down to where I can grab a hold of it, and I'll take care of it from there. He says, no, that's not the deal. So uh, we have, from the beginning of this thing with the building, this is not, I'm not going to make this all about the building tonight, I, it, but I will say a little bit more. We, from the beginning, we have believed and we know that there's going to be some major miracle. We, we've said that. I thought that that 1.2 million was a pretty cool miracle, but apparently there's a better one coming. And, and here's the thing is that we're going to turn a corner sometime and there it's going to be. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to happen. God could do it in a hundred ways. But, but in some, we're going to turn a corner. It still may be this building. It may be another one. I said that two weeks ago, didn't I? I said, I don't know anymore. I, all I know is that God's going to do it. You know how I know that? Because I can see it. I, I can, God's saying, I'm showing you a snapshot into the future. You're in a building. You guys are worshiping night and day. We, our elders have gotten together. We have visioned this. We've seen it. We've watched what's going on. We can see it in our spirit which means it's going to happen. I don't know how we're going to get there, but it's going to happen. I still believe sooner than later. I guess all time is relative, isn't it? But I still believe very soon. I still believe, I, I, anyway. So this message was speaking to me over and over and over again. Now, here's the wild thing. Those 10 people, the fear that they brought back to the camp, it infected the entire nation. The fear of 10 people infected the entire nation. Two people said, Hey, wake up. You guys forgot who your God is. Ten people said, oh, no, we can't do this. We're, woe is us. We're doomed. And those ten people infected the whole nation. Here's what I want to tell you. Be really careful about not picking up other people's fear. You're going to have the opportunity all the time choose what you're going to do when people bring fear your way because it comes all the time let me just let me tell you a little hint okay you actually don't have to keep listening to a lot of fear there are ways to actually turn it around if you what i mean is this so somebody starts talking to you and they're bringing a whole lot of fear do you know that you don't have to just be nice and keep listening and listening and listening there are actually ways grace-filled ways love-filled ways to say, whoa, 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 hey, where's God in this? Hey, let's talk about what's, tell me what God's doing in your life. Let's, let's flip this thing around. See what I mean? You're helping them to say, man, I love you. I care about you. It's not that I don't care and don't want to hear, but let's not rehearse those things. I, I say this to people all the time. It's not rude because I'm helping them because I love them. Because I'm like, that's not going to help you. And they go, you're right. I had this conversation a couple times last week and I and and I stopped and said you know that rehearsing that all that that fear is not helping you right and they, they went I know you're right I, I don't want to go there I don't know why I did that so then you help them and you start flipping it around let's see what God does art he's a he's brilliant at doing that <laughs> I just happen to see art right there he's one of those you just can't talk that way very long before art starts flipping it around on you and many others of you out there um, all right, 
what does fear do? We're not, uh, I, had, I had this really cool PowerPoint. You're just going to have to see it. Okay. <laughs> Did you like that picture? So here is a great Dane looking at a little chihuahua was the picture. Anyway, what does fear do? Fear invites dismay, despair, and discouragement. So the first thing that happened when the, when the, when the nation started believing the 10 people, the first thing it says is, is they cried out in dismay. You know what that is? That's a total lack of hope so that you don't have any um, motivation whatsoever to do anything. That's, that's not a fun place to be. Discouragement means to be without courage. Discouraged. That's where the word comes from. Your courage was suddenly taken from you. You had courage, and something, some report came, and you started believing that, that false thing, and now all of a sudden you don't have courage that you had before to do which, the thing that you need to do. What else does fear do? Fear, fear causes you to expend huge amounts of energy in negativity what it does because you know what the next line says they wept all night all night they were wailing and crying all night long for something that hadn't even happened you want to talk about wasted energy see what fear does is it takes these negative what ifs in the future that you would worry about and it brings them into your present and convinces you that it's real right now and it hasn't even happened yet. Not to mention the, the God who's for you. We haven't gotten to that part yet. Fear leads you to blame. The next thing they do is they, they start murmuring at Moses and Aaron. If something's wrong, somebody's going to pay. Somebody's head's going to roll. That, that, you know, when you get really afraid. Uh, then fear induces really crazy thoughts. It induces stinking because the next thing they said in verse 14, verse 2, we're still in Numbers, 14, 2, they said, we wished we had died in Egypt or in the desert. You know what? That sounds a little bit like suicidal thoughts to me. I'm, I'm being serious. That's what fear, a lot of fear will do that. I, you know what? I don't want to handle this anymore. I'm just going to check out. That's that's not God. Where is that coming from? See, I, I want to tell you over and over again, fear is not your friend. It's, it's a horrible enemy. And, and uh, I, I'm pointing, we're just showing what it does. It's right here. Another one, at some point, fear will lead you to blame God. Because that's the next thing they did. They start pointing the finger, God, you did if you, if you hang around fear long enough, that's where you'll get to, right? Because if you're going to blame somebody, ultimately you're going to get to God, aren't you? He's the all-powerful one. Okay? At which point, fear eggs you on to start taking matters into your own hands and making ridiculous decisions to save yourself. They said, if God's not going to take care of me, I'm going to take care of myself. We'll, we'll go back to Egypt. That's what we'll do. We'll go back to slavery. 
we'll go back to bondage if we even make it. We'll appoint a leader to take us there. That was the next thing they said. Isn't that, isn't that smart? Um, that's just a, a, a little snapshot of what fear does. Let me tell you something else in case you don't know this. Fear often looks like anger. Just so you know, when, when people around you are getting really angry, often, I'm not saying all the time, but I'm saying often it's because they're afraid. Often when we get afraid, it comes out as anger. There's, there's a lot of different reasons for that, but one of them is because, because uh, f- expressing fear is a lot more vulnerable than just lashing out and getting angry. You know, angry, anger, you know, you look at dogs who get afraid. What do they do? You know, when they're afraid, they, you know, they, they'll come at you. Um, guess what? You know, we, we, that's what fear will look like left unchecked. Thank God this is not the end of my message. Woo! That'd be a bummer. That's all I'm going to say about fear right now. Um, Joshua, yeah, everyone's getting really serious with me, which, yeah, that's what, that's what happens. So Joshua and Caleb responded to this. They said, hey, you know what? If, God, if Yahweh's pleased with us, he'll give us the land. Don't rebel. Do not be afraid. Hey, there's that again. And they said, we have Yahweh on our side. We have God on our side. They're saying, hello, people. We have God on our side. Pretty unfair. And, and you know what they got for their faith-filled speech? Kill them! Let's stone them. That's exactly what they got. Like, have you ever had people who knew you, like, all of a sudden... All of a sudden, they look at you like you suddenly grew horns out of your head, and you're an evil person. I've had that sometimes. Anyway, that's what happened to Joshua and Caleb. Then God shows up. Oh, wait, wait. Guess better. All right. Okay. God shows up. The glory cloud comes. How many of you know that can be a good thing or not a good thing? This was a little bit of both. Um, fortunately, he showed up, but he wasn't. He wasn't really happy. And he says to Moses, I'm done with them. Uh, Moses, let, I'm just going to do away with all of them. I'm going to start, I'll just start with a new nation. Is that cool? Of course, Moses says, God, that's not a really good idea. Not cool, God, because one of the other nations going to say, it, it's really not going to look good for you. So um, now I've had people, I've heard people talk about how uh, God, uh, Moses actually changed God's mind. I'm not going to argue against that, but I will. But I will say I have a very different take on it. I believe that, see, God made a covenant with Abraham that He could not break. He, God doesn't break His covenants. Uh, I believe God was absolutely getting Moses' attention because He wanted him to do something. Moses, you're just going to stand there and take it. All right. How about if we just do away with him? How, how would that be? Until Moses finally said, wait a minute, God, this isn't a good idea because remember your covenant. Remember when you said you're the God who's going to be with us and stay with us. And God's like, yes, Moses, that's what I wanted to hear. I needed someone to agree with me. This is the way of the kingdom. Even tonight when we're praying for healing, 
God's saying, I need someone to agree with me. Yes, Jesus paid for it all, but I need someone to agree with me of what's going on. That's, that's what I believe was happening, and you know what? It worked. You can read that in verses 17 to 19, what Moses' response was. Next, I want to take a look at Joshua for a minute. This is an interesting one. There's not a lot about Caleb, actually. Even though Caleb was the one, and he was kind of the more the, more the spokesman of the two that was saying, we got to take the land. But Joshua, there actually is a history of Joshua before this event. Do you know that Joshua hung out with Moses ever since he was a boy? Did you know that? He was in Moses' youth group. <laughs> he was. He was playing guitar, you know, carrying Moses' Bible, which, of course, hadn't been written yet. <coughs> was in the process of being written. He was, he was a mentor. He, or Moses was a mentor to him. So, so Joshua grew up in this. But did you also know that Joshua wasn't his name? It was Hosea. And he renamed him Joshua, which means Yahweh saves, God saves. Hmm. From an early age, I don't know at what point. It doesn't say at what point he changed his name. But at some point, Moses said, I see something in you. I, I'm going to rename you because God's going to use you to save you to save the people so so Joshua you know you want to talk about the ultimate in in words of encouragement so Joshua is going wow wow and Joshua started to believe it and then he and then he lived it he lived what Moses saw isn't that pretty cool um, same thing like Jesus you know doing to Simon I, you're, you're Peter and, and upon this rock I'm going to build my church um And there's another reason, and this is even, this is, so I, I, the reason why I'm telling you this is because I'm getting back to, okay, why would Joshua and Caleb, why would they have a different report than everyone else? The glasses, the lenses we look with, uh, through life with, have a lot to do with, with how we perceive things. Those lenses are affected by your life's uh, encounters, what happened to you through life, how people treated you. But I want to tell you, and you know this, God can overcome any negativity in your life. He can overcome anything that happened to give you lenses that don't make life look very good. He says, I can clean those if you'll let me. In fact, I'll just give you a whole new set of lenses, if that's cool with you. I'll give you Jesus lenses instead to look at the world the way I do. So what was it that caused Joshua to look differently? Joshua and Caleb, well, I'm, look, I'm talking about Joshua right now since we have information on him, younger in life. One of them was because somebody believed in him. Somebody was speaking treasures into him. Somebody saw what he didn't see in himself before he saw it, which caused him to see life differently. It's one of the reasons why we keep telling you to be encouragers out there. Keep giving the good words. Keep encouraging. And some of you need that re to receive that. One of the reasons why we have prophetic words, like next week. when If you come get a word, you'll get a very positive word. We don't give negative words around here because that's not the way God sees you. Pretty simple. Um, so that's one reason. But here's another reason. Did y'all know this is the same Joshua that hung out with Moses in the tent of meeting? Okay, here's a cool picture of the tent of meeting up there. Ooh, ah, with glory coming from heaven. Wow. <laughs> so the other reason is because, because Joshua hung out in the tent of meeting. It says in Exodus 33:11, it says that 
when Moses had to leave the tent of meeting, Joshua didn't. He hung out. That's a really smart dude. This is the point. The more you encounter the living God, the more he changes how you see life. The more you see him, the more you see yourself as you really are. And the more you see yourself as the way you are supposed to live out this life with victory. Not defeat. But you've got to see what he sees. And you can't see that unless you're close with him. Now, I, I wish I could give you, you know, the perfect formula. This is not about how careful how I say this. This is not about having a daily quiet time, though that's a really good thing to do. Um, but sometimes that, that term that many of us have grown up with, having a quiet time, actually is kind of a religious thing, meaning if I do my 15 minutes, then I can feel good about myself that I did my God thing and go on with my day. And you kind of miss the whole point. The point is, is you have to find ways to connect with God, because he's connecting with you all the time. So and, and I'm telling you, you all know this, in this world, we are crazy doing everything. I, I mean, it's the pace we go at is just loony. And you know what? With the internet, with, you know, DVR, I mean, there's no end. There's no end to it, which means you got a choice, don't you? This is going back to choice. We actually have a lot of choices in life. We really do. God's going to love you crazy, silly, wonderful all the time, like whether you do or don't choose to to stop, put a pause on your day and spend time with him. That doesn't change his love for you one iota. And that's the reason why you know you can run to him anytime you want. See, Jesus already took care of that, right? You get to run into Papa's lap, into his arms, anytime you please. No, nothing's stopping you. What God's waiting for is he's saying, I want you to want me. I, I want you to taste who I really am so that, so that all of a sudden you start saying, whoa, all these distractions, but uh, I don't want them. They're not doing anything for me. God, the only thing that does anything for me is when I'm, when I'm feeling your presence, when I'm sensing you. Oh, that does something to me. I want more of that. Now, I will tell you, it, it's, it'll help you to try different things out. This is just a little practical thing, okay? Um, you, you may have heard the term soaking, and in a little bit, I'm actually going to encourage you to do some of that tonight. Soaking is where you're just kind of resting, you're quieting, your soul, your soul is every, your mind, everything that wants to, you know, fix those, check off those 10 things you got to do, like quiet all that down to know that your God is, is crazy in love with you, just to know he's here, oh wow, you, you like me, you, I'm, I'm yours, nothing's going to change that, God, is there anything you want to tell me right now, you know, to have, begin to have dialogue with him. So being really quiet is helpful, but I will tell you that's not the only way, nor is it necessarily always the best way. This week, I told you, you know, I had that, those choices to get out of my, um, n any negativity of that, me of that, of the, um, you know, the word I got about the internet thing. So I was, I was there kind of having this, this time with the Lord. I was kind of in my quiet, quiet place in my heart. But then he started speaking to me about, about like rising up, rising up, you know, let your spirit rise up know who you are. So I get up out of my chair, and now I'm, now I'm going across the room, and I'm speaking in tongues, you know, and I begin to, you know, I'm beginning to feel the power of God. I'm beginning to feel, like, amazing things. And we don't, you know what? I don't even talk about tongues all that much. You hardly ever hear me speak in tongues, but I do speak in tongues. It isn't like we're against it or anything. It's just 
It's just, it's one of the gifts, right? But it's super, super important. We don't talk about it much, but it's super, super important because there are times when you don't know what to pray. And there are times where, like I, like I did, that I got up and I just started pacing around and, and it get, got all fired up, speaking in tongues, and something was going on. Something was happening in me. Something was rising me up and above and out of whatever that doldrum that the enemy was trying to trap me in. And it just didn't stand a chance. I was like, okay, here we are. So you, it, it can be that way. It, I, I'm just trying to give you different examples because, because um, going after God, like I guess what I'm trying to say is you can't stay in your comfort zone all the time to go after God. Like there are going to be times where you got to try stuff. Just try stuff. Just, Lord, let's, let's experiment. Let's, let's see how I can best find you and encounter you and discover you. Because the more you encounter your God, the more you are going to change. And I just got some amazing pictures to show you up here. Because there's, <laughs> there's this little lion cub next to this big old honking lion. And sometimes you're feeling like that little lion cub and you're feeling like you're all alone. But you look, you're like, whoa, there's a huge lion next to you. It's Jesus. And he's saying, know who you are. It's time for you to know who you are. Come on, rise up, little one. Let's go. And then the next picture that you're going to see is a little cat looking into a mirror, seeing a big lion looking back at it. Because, because that's the progression. Is Sometimes we're feeling like, Lord, I'm just a little pussy cat. What am I going to do in this earth? And God says, no, look in the mirror again because you're not seeing who you are. He says, look at me. Look, look. And the more you look, you start to see yourself as he is. That's actually very scriptural. The more you see him, you shall be like him. Until one day, First John, when we see him, we will face to face, nothing in the way, not looking through a mirror dimly, a glass dimly. We're going to be like him. And there's one more picture of you riding on a lion you actually have, some of you have seen this with a blindfold over you. It's a roaring lion. You're, there's fire everywhere. You've got a massive sword in your hand. Because you forgot, you forgot that, that, you know, you're not doing this alone and that you're actually on the lion of the tribe of Judah who's taking you where he wants you to go. That's who you are. Right? This is who we are. This is what we have to rise up to. This is... This is um, why in Daniel 11.32, this is the New King James Version, it says, those who know their God shall do great exploits. Those who know their God, that knowing is, an ex is having experiential encounters with a living God. This is not talking about those who read 10 chapters a day in the Bible. And believe me, it's good to read 10 chapters. I'm not saying don't. I'm saying that's not what this is saying. Those who memorize more scriptures and pack facts in your head about God, no, because you probably figured out that doesn't work. That actually doesn't give you courage. You actually have to experientially encounter the one, the living one, the courageous one, the, the victorious one. You have to encounter him to know who you are, to know who he is and who you are. Here's the same verse in New Jerusalem Bible. Those who know their God will stand firm and take action. 
Here's the Message Bible. Those who stay courageously loyal to their God will take a strong stand. It's, it's why the believers in Acts chapter 4, starting with verse 29, says this. It's that kind of courage that says this. So they are, they are uh, here comes the opposition. Circumstances are looking really bad for the, for the early church. The, the government's coming against him. People want to take him out. They want to kill him. This is what they said. They said, woe is us. No, they didn't say that. <laughs> They're like, what? That's what fear would say. They said, with the courageous lion that lives in them, they said, and now, Lord, take note of their threats and help your servants to proclaim your message with all fearlessness by stretching out your hand to heal and to work miracles and marvels through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And as they prayed, the house where they were assembled rocked. How many would like to see that? I'm telling you, this house rocks. <laughs> From this time, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to proclaim the word of God fearlessly. So in the midst, okay, I just got a great quote that I just got to bring out. Really, this was, this was all in one piece up there, but that's okay. See, you know what? You know what? Honestly, can I just let you in on a secret? I don't even usually use my notes when I have PowerPoint. Because it's, I just, anyway. So. Uh, you know. Here it is. <laughs> See what encouragement does? Gives you courage. Courage. <laughs> you, here's the quote. Stay with me. I'm all, we're getting close to the end here. Here's the quote. You cannot demonstrate courage in the midst of adversity without adversity. Did you get that? You cannot demonstrate courage in the midst of adversity without adversity, can you? Aren't we like always wanting the easy road? God, you know, may nothing ever happen, any weird, anything ever in my life ever again, amen. You know, no bad thing. It's like, no, God wants to show how his people are victorious in the midst of anything. See, when the, when the trouble comes in the world, here you shine up like stars. How is it that you shine up? Is it because... Is it because anything that happens to the world, none of that happens to you? Is that, I don't think so. I'm not saying you don't have special favor. Don't, don't get me wrong. But I'm saying it, you see it differently. You are Joshua and Caleb. You perceive it different than the other ten. They're saying, woe is us. The world is ruined. Well, what are we going to do? And you're like, hold on. Hold your horses. Let me tell you about a God who is totally for you. He's not only totally for you, but he's all-powerful. He's not only all-powerful, but he wants to use that power to bless your socks off. How does that feel? Let's ask him. Let's ask him what we do about this. See, woo, we just, we just flipped that puppy right around. All right. So 
take you guys with me wherever I <laughs> preach? Is that cool? <laughs> yeah. All right. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Just in case you think this is all up to you, like, okay, God, I don't want to. I don't want to ever live in fear. So how am I gonna? How am I gonna know when I'm living in fear? How, am I, how are you gonna pull me out of this? Well, I got some great news for you. See, he didn't leave that to chance. He said, I'm gonna put my Holy Spirit in you, and He's brilliant, and He's a counselor. Listen to Him. Listen to Him. He's the one that had to tell me this week, Brent. You know, Brent. There's, you, don't, you really don't want to go down this negative road. It's not going to get you anywhere. How about we look at this instead? How about we look at God and his promises? How about we look at the land you're going to go into from his point of view? See, the Holy Spirit lives in you. You do not have to do this on your own. This is not a pull yourself up by the bootstraps message. If it were, dang, we might as well all just go down to Walmart and buy the latest self-help book because that's all we got. But we don't have that. We have, the, we have the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who has given us his very spirit to live inside of us to say, I'm going to help you not to go to those places. So it doesn't mean you never go to those places, but here's what happens. The more that you spend time with God, the more that you encounter him, then when you do go to those places of fear, this is what I want to tell you, is that lag time gets less and less and less. You, you might be in a, in a bad zone for hours instead of days and then down to minutes instead of hours and then down to a moment instead of minutes and the Holy Spirit says no more you don't want to go there it's never going to help you that's what's going on but but it goes back to to uh, being with the Lord and uh, the last thing I want to say is, is before we do a little bit of soaking is I, I, I just want to say that um, truly truly everything we're doing here on this earth it, it is heard me say this before, but it's about love. It is truly about love. And I want to say yesterday, you know, okay, so we had circumstantial things, you know, that were um, flying about. Um, you know that even with Russ, you know, that, that uh, things for several weeks were really not good. And um, without going into details, but what happened yesterday is um, I, two things happened back to back. One is that got to hang out with a friend, and I got to work through some misunderstandings. And this is a person I really care about a lot, but I got to work through some misunderstandings, and there was a deep heart connection there. It was just good. Um, and I'm telling you that because sometimes we say, oh, love is just all going to be out sweet kindness and, you know, rose petals. And, um, love is actually about, you're important enough to me, let's, let's, let's talk through and really connect at a heart level. So I got to do that with someone. And then I went over to see Russ, and I told you earlier, his eyes, his eyes for the first time, like he was actually, you know, under some sedation, but his eyes uh, came open. And as soon as he saw Suzanne and I, all of a sudden, you know, his eyes came open, and he was like, he saw the, his, I don't know how to express it all, but the love was flowing. And he, you know, his eyebrows were changing in expressions. And we were there for, I don't know, 45 minutes. We sang over him, and um, he, it, it's almost like he was, trying not to go back to sleep because he wanted to soak in every minute, you know, that we were there. Um, and I left there so filled up. I left, and it wasn't just because of the time with Russ. That was a huge part of it. 
it was actually what had happened earlier in the day too, what I, as I mentioned about getting to work through something with somebody. But I realized, you know, all of us, we've got all these things going on in life, things, whether it's work or family or, and there's always things that don't seem to be lining quite up. And those have a, a way of just starting to rip away your peace and your joy. And I want to take you back to the very basics and tell you this is about love. This is all about love. It's about looking into somebody's eyes and expressing love back and forth to somebody. It's about caring for somebody and having them care about you. It, it, Jesus said, I'm going to give you a new command. You know all those other commands? He says, I took care of every one of those for you. Every last one. All, all hundreds of them. Not just ten. Not just the big ten. I took care of all of them. He says, I'm going to give you one new command. As I have loved you, love each other. But even in that command, you can see where you can't do this loving each other bit unless you get it this way, which means you do have to be with me. Jesus, you love me. Papa, Daddy, you love me. It's the way it is. You love me, you love me, you love me. You love me when I think I'm good. You love me when I think I'm bad. You just love me because you love me because you love me. When you take it in, you have all you need to give away. But that is really what this life's about. So this is what we're going to do. You can, you can put on the uh, iTunes, right? So in just a minute, not, not quite yet. This is what I want to invite you to do. Um, I have uh, some, some songs selected from uh, Alberto and Kimberly Rivera from their live soaking CD, if you're wanting later on to check out what, what this uh, CD is. Um, but I want to actually encourage you right now. Um, you know what? I kind of skipped over a whole part of the message, which is about entering into the rest. Kind of forgot that part. But entering into the rest, it says in Hebrews, you can read it later in Hebrews chapters 3 and 4 in the New Testament, it says the problem way back with the Israelites, why they didn't get to enter the land, was one thing. They refused to believe how good God was. That was it. God had it all lined up, set up, laid out. It's yours. But they, they said, no, nah, can't be that good. And you know what? It's the same thing we struggle with today. Is God really that good? Yeah, he's really that good. But you get the benefits of his goodness. You, he's going to love you and bless you no matter what. But you will receive the benefits. You'll get to live out the benefits in ways you can't believe the more you agree with the goodness of his word. So um, we're going to take some time to soak. And this is what I want to encourage you to do. If you would like, I would love for some of you to fill up the, the rug down here. You don't have to. You can stay where you are if you want. Um, you know, we'll take, we'll take like 10, 10 or 15 minutes, so not very long, um, to just allow the Lord to begin to touch your heart. I'm going to say a little bit while this is going on, not a lot. In other words, I'll direct this a little bit, but mostly I just want the Lord to speak to you, and I want to give you an opportunity to let him fill you up. One of the songs that's going to come on in just a little bit is Amazing Domelie, that she sung it tonight. I've never heard this song ever sung in this church. And uh, Lord, I Receive, which is really the main song I wanted you to hear tonight. And 
Donnelly sang it tonight. We sang it tonight. Come on. You think God doesn't orchestrate things? This is just astounding. Um, but Lord, I receive. So when that comes on, you know, to, again, you're agreeing. Lord, I receive. That's all you can do. Lord, I receive. I want to tell you this. Stop putting so much pressure on yourself. Even when we talk about, about being in communication with God, just understand, he, he's all over this. He, all he takes is just the littlest desire on our part, and he multiplies it massively. He says, that's all I needed. I just needed that little crack in the door that you wanted me. That's all I needed. So the pressure's off. Um, so God can talk to you in a lot of different ways. It can be, sometimes when you hear that, you're thinking it's, it's verbal, like I'm supposed to hear sentences and paragraphs. Some people can hear God. I occasionally can hear God that way. But often, it's an impression. Sometimes it's a picture. Sometimes it's a feeling. It's just a warmth that, that he's loving on you. Just re whatever it is, enjoy it. Rather, sometimes what we do is we start getting our eyes on somebody else's, you know, like, okay, what's God doing over there? I want that. I want that, God. And he says, how about if I just touch you the way I want to? Uh, and even when we hear testimonies and people saying how God touches them, we think, well, that's the way it has to be for me. No, he's really creative. He could touch you however he wants to. But I will tell you, he wants to touch you. He is touching you. And what we're saying now, in fact, I'm going to pray um, before we start this, and then we'll, we'll do the soaking. Come on up if you want to as I'm praying, okay? If you want to just lay down up here or whatever. But we're asking, Holy Spirit, we're opening up our hearts, and we thank you for the gift that you are to us, and we're saying, Holy Spirit, help us. Help us to have experiential encounters with a Father who adores us, with a Savior and a, a brother and a friend who wants to be with us. And you yourself, Holy Spirit, I love your presence. <laughs> I love your presence. So we're saying, touch us any way that you want to. So right now, first of all, we're just going to let God love on us. Just let him love on you.
just washing you. <laughs> Heaven to earth, his grace, his mercy. He's just washing away all the cares, the concerns, the worries. begins to show you what he's doing. You can receive from him. You can receive his love. You can receive his solutions. Receive his grace. Receive his mercy. Begin to receive it all. But his inheritance is yours. Just let him know, I receive it, Lord. time to just to let go of fear, anxiety, anything that's been holding you back, keeping you up at night, just release those to him, and instead take his perfect gifts to you, his perfect peace,
I'm working all things out for your good. So believe me, my children. Trust me. I'm good. Trust me. I'm good. I'm trustworthy. I'm faithful to you. I will always be faithful to you. Watch what I do. Watch your
that you are never alone and that all things are working in your favor because that is his covenant promise over your life that he has guaranteed